welcome to way way off off broadway Yay. oh my gosh after months of work well, i know right months one month yeah. of work many many hours many hours lives. and discord calls here we are welcome welcome yeah. it's uh we are here in central america in the middle of nowhere surrounded by <laughs> cornfields and very small buildings we in the sticks and in a building with no air conditioning because it's uh, really really hot in here yeah yeah i know in the in the um, agreement to take this space um we're not allowed to mention where we're at that's we're weird can yeah. we not do that yeah because they don't want to be affiliated with anything which i mean makes sense i understand okay so i'm tyler i got into theater like most high school outcasts by taking a theater class and being like uh this is kind of weird but i can get out of class for like an extra time <laughs> so i'm yes. gonna sign up for this and uh, I don't remember the first show I worked on, but I did tech for it. Uh, I painted a background. Oh. I ran some lights. Oh. I took a few pictures. Uh, snip, snap. Then I went to Annie for a national tech run for two weeks, and oh. it was it was the bomb. Oh. I really had fun. I got to meet so many people from around the country who were doing it, and seeing them hustle and bustle and stay calm during what is stereotypically probably the most stressful time in any production when everything comes yeah. together right before the show starts hell week yeah double it up it was great <laughs> had fun there and then and then moved on but theater kind of reflecting on it the past few days has been some of the cornerstones of turning points in my life um, yeah so who are you i what do you do i'm sydney judd hello that's me i am 21 years old Baby. Wow, I'm a child. Um, I've I've been doing theater my entire life. It's kind of embedded okay. in my family. Like my grandma, she's 98. We would sit and watch the Golden Age of Hollywood. You know, watch oh. Judy Garland, fancy, all those kind fancy. of things. We'd watch those specific memories of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Okay, it does not pass today. <laughs> Most things don't. It, it, it does not pass today, um, PC wise. But it, it's very near and dear to my heart. That that movie. Oh love it um but yeah so since i was like a little kid i started doing theater what when i like church you know doing like those little church theater things you know they were like cute no, i skipped all of that and you're like you know your parents take pictures and they're like oh you're a little angel oh my god look at you little angel and <laughs> and so we do that um and then i didn't really do my first real production until i was in fifth grade so oh so you're a late bloomer <laughs> like like super late bloomer. The <laughs> late bloomer. Um, but uh, it was 2012. I did a date date. I was in fifth grade 2012. <laughs> so, but um, I did Music Man, and I was like a little kid in the okay, Music Man. Okay, okay. It was adorable. Nice. And I looked like a little American Girl doll in my little costume, and I did it. Good for you. And Good I did that. I did that with my sister, and like that's kind of how okay. it's grown. Was doing stuff with my sister, and I've branched off, and I do edgier things. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, but like you know, doing. I've been stage managing Rocky Horror for the past two years, which is a huge thing around here. Yeah, stage two productions they do it every year. Stage manage that. I've been doing a lot of stage managing at stage two, <laughs> which and you know doing some acting when I can. Which this is going to be the year of acting for Sydney Judd. It's the year. Of Acting. Acting like you know what you're doing. Acting. <laughs> yes, we've all been 21 before. Uh, it's like, oh, reality. Yeah. What is this? I've assistant directed one show, 
but I'm, I'm not going to say that I've really directed anything because I haven't. Right. <laughs> but I, I know what it takes. I've, I've sat at a casting table. I've done all that kind of stuff. So I know what that looks like. So much work. I've also been on the other side of it where I'm auditioning and I feel like I want to die. <laughs> but, yes. you know, there's that. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot I've done. I've done both sides. That's a good future episode. The stress <laughs> of casting versus the stress of auditioning. Because they're both terrifying. They're both terrifying. I have more fun casting a show, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's a lot more fun to cast Because you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're ultimately the... You're not the boss, but you're the boss. You yeah. get to... Well, uh, I'm not... I'm never the boss boss, though. Right. That's the director. Okay. But soon to be though, yeah, we'll see. You know, we both we both have our individual theater times. Yeah, I think we're coming at this from very very different backgrounds, which is a good thing. But obviously, the love for theater is there because it allows you that expression to be whoever you want to be and have fun and just decompress from reality. Yeah, and I think a lot of us need that right now. Yeah, it's very important. Like, I, I've, my parents will get on to me about this all the time. I hate public speaking. It's the worst. One of my worst things. They go, well, how can you act? And I'm like, I'm a different person. I pretend nobody's there. I pretend nobody's there. Until they clap for me. And I'm not being myself. Exactly. Yeah. Not, it's like putting on a costume. It's other people's flaws yeah. that are written to a play. <laughs> That's their flaws. They're not mine. <laughs> They're not Obviously. mine. I don't, I don't have those flaws. Even though the play is called the, uh, the Sydney Judd Self-Titled Project. It's completely somebody <laughs> else's problem. It's not me. Don't yeah. worry about it. No, I'm not going to talk about it. So fun. So what's our uh, what's our plan for this? And that's where we're going. Well, what, what should these fellow wobsters expect in the upcoming months? <laughs> fellow wobsters. Um, the uh, wob clan. The, the, wob, the wobs. Yeah. The wobs. The, uh, the wobtacular. We'll workshop that. We'll workshop that. Okay, that's a rejection. That's, that's a, a okay. No more of these. <laughs> we'll workshop it. So I, I mean, I think our the biggest thing that we've kind of come to realize as we've done theater in this area, especially community theater, there's not a lot of there's not a big chance for people to talk about their experiences a whole lot with theater and how it's impacted them, and like what kind of projects they have going on and. Uh, just kind of different stuff like that, um, really deep diving into productions because you see it on Facebook events and then you see it like on the news maybe a couple times. Yeah, it's kind of tricky with live theater. It's very weird because people in the production are usually thrown together within three months of your opening night. And for those two to three months, you are with each other almost Mm -hmm. nonstop. It It is a full time commitment. And you form bonds and relationships really quickly inside that group of anywhere from 20 to 40 people. Mm -hmm. And then once it's over, you kind of disperse and not see each other again for the most part. On the audience side, most productions in community theater have two weekends run, one One, weekend run. One weekend most of the time. You see it and it's gone. And if you don't get a hold of it, well, live theater doesn't wait for anyone. So I think this is going to be a good place to kind of slow theater down bring everybody to the same table let the actors and production take a deep breath and reflect on their unique stories and journeys as well as giving that audience an outside perspective and letting them get a taste of what it's like to be in theater yeah um 
Because it's a very weird world. It's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and weird. It is. It is. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we'll get to highlight different people of the production that you don't get to see often. You always see, you know, the main actors on the stage and stuff, but you never get to see the people behind the scenes. And they're the most important people. Yeah. I mean, if it is not, you're only as strong as your weakest link, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of links that go into a show. Unless you are intimately involved in the director circle, you don't even think about it. Yeah, you don't even see how much weight they pull. Yeah. It is <laughs> so much weight. So much weight is pulled. Crazy. <laughs> it's wild. So what are some of the topics that we're going to eventually cover with, with uh, individuals, with productions? Uh, where are we going? Well, I think it'll be important to, especially in this, one of the big ones I, I want to cover is we we have to face the fact we live in a COVID era. That's that that's where we're at. We're, we're in a pandemic era. So I, I want to really touch on the fact that swings and understudies or as Tony Shopper John likes to say, wonder studies, because that's what they are. They've always been such a big part of theater, but they've really, really become fundamental. And people have really seen the purpose of them as of recently. To touch base on that just a hair without getting too involved in it. Speaking of Rent, speaking of Tony, I was talking to her the other day. The Rent cast was, what, somewhere around 20 people? Yeah. In the production. Not a single person had an understudy yeah not a single person had a understudy for a two-week run well because they had such complex parts already when i talked to her about casting it's um there she either would have had to cast people from like outside of that group who wouldn't have actually been in the main run of the production right which would have sucked yeah that would have sucked you know, you don't actually get to go out there and por- perform that unless somebody gets sick. Me with a sledgehammer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, you're going to sledgehammer somebody's knees. <laughs> Whoops. But no, like that, that that's that's how it would have would have been, um, which would have sucked. So um, there weren't any understudies. Yeah. I think it was one of those things that was known by everybody and not spoken by a single person during that entire time. <laughs> Because I thought about it. I was like, nope, I'm not bringing this up until it's over. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Anybody who can come in and pick up a role that they are not actively pursuing, yeah, hats off. Hats you know? off. That is. Because typically they're two or th- they, they swing for two or three people. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I will stay behind the camera lens with no <laughs> responsibilities, no expectations, and no pressure. That is not a role for me. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's really difficult to understand because, well, especially with Shakespeare that I'm doing right now, is I have a part that I'm learning, and then I have another part that I'm learning because I'm understudying. So I have my main part that I'm learning, which has singing singing as well. Oh, nice. But then my other part doesn't, but it has a lot more lines. The other one does. So I'm like, who? Okay, that's another who, good one. Um, who it hurts my brain a little bit. It's a lot of blocking. Yeah, and it's outdoors too, isn't it? going to be it's outdoors. outdoors. Mm. In August. Mm. Fun. Where can people find you at? Oh. 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 oh, oh are 
you want to you want to plug it? You want to plug oh, it? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Plug, so plug, Ev- plug Ev- it. Evansville Shakespeare Players. We're doing um, a production of Much Ado About Nothing. Set in the 1940s after the war. Ooh. All the men come back. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Which war? Wow. The first one or the second, second. one? Second. Okay. I don't know history. I don't know. <laughs> what's the point? All right. Somebody <laughs> will tell me if I'm wrong. Second World War. And it's on the it's on the lawn of the Willard Library. It'll be free. Donations are encouraged. Everyone needs some Shakespeare in their summer yeah. or their fall. I guess it's a fall series, isn't it? No, uh, no, it's still August. summer shakes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And then they do a winter one as well. A big thing with Shakespeare is, with at least how Tony does it, she will do well in any show she does. She put she does put an emphasis on understudies and everything. Rent was the exception. <laughs> Rent was the exception. But you know, it's taking time to learn more as you're an understudy as well because for me the the part that i'm understanding is margaret um which is a very a very fun character that i've never really had a chance to look at before okay she's more she's more sultry and you know can i tell you a secret yeah i know like nothing (laughs) about shakespeare i know there is a play called hamlet and you have a skull in your hand at one mm-hmm. point. I know he was at the Globe Theater in London. Look at you. I know. And did did you know that the gl- original Globe Theater, something about it was something, mm-hmm. something, something, but the people in the cast took it down, moved it across the river, and put it back up almost identically. You know, that, yeah, yeah, that know sounds that. like stage two. I mean, like yeah, that sounds like all theater people. They're a bunch of <laughs> cheap, frugal, efficient DIYers. Yeah. I mean, there is so much that goes on to it. The set for Rent mm-hmm. was amazingly complex for such a small place, but it was so few main pieces mm-hmm. that everything just fit together so well. And it yeah. may, you can make a small space feel very big yeah. with the right tech crew. Well, and for, for those of you that weren't there and didn't get to experience this magic it was made entirely out of scaffolding which is so cool which if we have pictures of those can we put that up oh, on the yeah. website oh, we'll put yeah. that up on the website yeah. we've got pictures we got pictures of we it pictures. Uh, but it was entirely out of scaffolding and just rock posters of the time there was graffiti on the walls that we put around it was just it was very neat so we'll we'll put pictures up yeah so that everybody could see it but I was, it was, yeah. From it was a gag. going into seeing that space before anything went up to seeing it opening night. Crazy. Total gag. Well, and then now it's reverted back because I yeah. went in there the other day. Isn't it so beautiful? Well, I went in there yesterday because I was having a rehearsal okay. in there. And like everything's back to normal. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what's what's going on? What, this is so wild. I think one thing theater teaches you from a very quick introduction to it is everything ends yeah everything has its time everything has its purpose but everything is going to eventually end mm-hmm. and the only remnants of it are going to be memories that you made pictures and pictures mm. photography yes and some good video too and some good yeah but mostly the good pictures we are here and you're probably wondering why should you listen to us? Why? Why? Why, why, why? In all honesty. And that's probably, a really good question. We have no authority. We have, we have zero authority. We have no... We're, we're just theater lovers. And we accept that. We're and just I, out here for the journey. And I, I think what what's important is we're not, we're not some big hotshot coming in and being like, this is what theater is. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. But we're just, we're just theater lovers and we love to share the art of theater with anybody that wants to listen to it. No, I'm an expert. 
I know everything about theater. I know absolutely everything about theater. Did you not hear the the Shakespeare story? Yeah. Literally, I know everything. You know everything about theater. (laughs) No, yeah, you're right. It's it's going into theater is you get to be ignorant. You get to go in with no preconceived notion. You get to go in willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And if you open your mind up to the possibilities, it'll take you anywhere. Metaphorically or, phys- or, or, or physically, right? Did you guys hear that? that was... Dropping those knowledge. Wow. Yeah. And that's what I want this to be. I, I, I want this to take us everywhere. I want to meet people. I want to live vicariously through somebody else's hard work. <laughs> right? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work to do this stuff. It is, yeah. yeah I don't have time for that. But, like, I do have the time, but do I want <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's let's say you're acting for an entire year. Yeah. How many productions could you realistically be in in a community theater setting? Let's. How many shows did I do last year? Because I did every show last season at Stage Two. Okay. I did every one. So we did War of the Worlds. We did the Christmas show. We did Rocky Horror, and we did Rent. So that's that's four. But usually there's a lot more in a season. Because they were announcing it as they could because right. of COVID. But those were all like back to back to back to back. I know this is way off topic. Yeah. But you know what's coming to next season, right? For stage two productions here in Evansville, Indiana? Yeah. What's coming? Oh, I don't know. You don't remember? Off the top of my head, I know a couple of them. No, 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 what's the big one? What's the one I'm excited about? Are you excited Uh, for Avenue Q? uh, Yeah, who's not excited for Avenue Q? (laughs) I'm excited for Avenue Q. The the one I'm most excited for. Let's yeah. deep dive into this. Okay, and good. we'll do the same thing when okay. Civics comes out. Okay. We'll deep dive into that because I have no idea when that's okay. coming out. Do we know? Okay. Do you know what the, the schedule is? No. <laughs> I have no, no, idea. no, no. For, for stage two. For stage two. Um, I don't think they've posted an actual schedule. Let me pull up the Facebook. Okay. Okay. I, I know it was on the flyer. I have one in my car, but uh, I'm very excited about Avenue Q. Um, I saw Avenue Q off Broadway. Okay. It's not and now I'm going to see it way off Broadway. Yeah, you're going to see it way off Broadway. Um, let me pull up the stage two page on my phone because I was going to pull up on my laptop, so I felt important, but right. <laughs> of course I can't do that. So while you look at it, have you noticed a big difference uh, pre-COVID and semi in this era of not COVID, but still COVID? Theater-wise, yes, because we're always having to look at the numbers for infection rates. Okay. And that kind of dictates how we go forward with the show. Um, I mean, all of us are still asking for vaccination and that kind of stuff just because we're in such close quarters with people. The first big show that we did when we came back was Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, which I was an ensemble for that. And we were doing, we we started production before COVID really hit. So what was going to be a three-month production turned into nine months. (laughs) So everybody was perfect lines by opening night. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Not me. Um... (laughs) <laughs> and that's why you were in the ensemble. I'll walk out of this room right now. Do it. Do it. No. Just like you walked out of your career. <laughs> no, like, um, we're going to admit one of my faults on the first podcast. Yes. I'm good at memorizing music. Not so much lines. Girl. Lines no, are awful. I mean, it's a gift. <laughs> but we were doing that and we had... We had clear face masks. We had the whole thing. We were we had I to saw re- some pictures. We had to we had to reblock everything to try to keep some distance between each other. You know that right. kind of stuff. I had to learn my lines. <laughs> I mean, I sort of got them down by opening. Okay, I have the schedule up here. But but compared to compared to now, you know, we're still keeping track of everything. As always, if you're sick, don't show up to rehearsal. 
you know that's good advice anytime 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 if you're sick don't go to work if you're sick don't go to school if you're sick don't go to rehearsal (laughs) you know with everybody being vaccinated and i think most of us at this point boosted the infection rate of the cast is very low you can't just like hmm, it is what it is yeah 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 i think that's how society's gotten at this point at least where we live nobody cares (laughs) I know, which is sad. Which is sad. Like, I'll go to the grocery once in a while, and I'll see somebody wearing a mask, and I'm like, I respect the hell out of that. Yeah. I kind of wish that was me. (laughs) But, no, I'm good. I'm like, I want to go in, and I want to get my cheddar checks mix, and I want to leave. Yeah. (laughs) Give me the hell out of (laughs) here. Give me my cheddar checks mix, and I want to leave. Sponsor us, cheddar checks mix. Thank you. Speaking of cheddar checks mix, uh, what do we get coming up here on next season? (laughs) I have it up now. So I think one of the, the first big one that we have coming up is Misery, which is off of the Stephen King book. Okay. No, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's... Such a small world. Uh, that, yeah. that I happen to have the book sitting right here yeah, that I'm going convenient. to check, convenient. that I'm going to get later. Um, I, I'm i most excited for that one. Um, okay. It's being directed by Kim Payne. We're a very, very good friend of the podcast. Yeah, I think she's going to be on the podcast soon, too, isn't yes. she? Yes, yeah, so we're working yeah, that out. Yeah, a little, little teaser. We're working out the details on that. Oh, nice. Um, but she's a very big Stephen King fan, and she's been wanting to do this show for forever. She had $100 stashed away, and as soon as she got the rights for that, she pulls it out, and she went for it. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the next day we have rehearsal, she got us together, and she goes, I got it. I got the damn rights. And we were like, to what? She goes, misery. Like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, what is that? Um, I don't know this. But of course, being King, uh, Kim, it's a Stephen King thing. So right. like, yeah, it's fun. He writes a lot. Yeah. Um, talking to her about this book yesterday, she said it's one of his Coke-induced ones where he, you know, where he was on a Coke frenzy. Um, nice. And it reads fast. Um, so I'm going to get it and I'm going to audition for that. I've one. never done Coke. Neither have I. Yeah. I feel don't like plan I'm, on I feel, it. Well, yeah, same. But <laughs> it's only because I don't trust it. Like, I don't I w- know where it comes from. Yeah, I would love to do it if I, I do it was pure. I don't know where it's been. I don't trust it. Yeah. We don't have any good Coke dealers yeah. here. <laughs> if you um, know, let's you see. can find us at. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing Coke. No. Um, but that one's going to be in September. And then the next one's Lit the Right One In. And that's going to be in October. I don't really know what that one's about. We'll find out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Who's uh, directing that? I don't remember. TBD. 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 Always big fan of their work. I think. <laughs> um, the next one is one I'm also very excited for. Rocky Horror this year. Yeah. You're doing a Christmas special? It's going to be in December. Because with COVID, everything got kind of moved around. So we did a candy-themed one. This last one we did was um, Space Age. This one's in December. So we're getting back to that October time slot. And then February is <laughs> is five lesbians eating a quiche. Yes. Yes. I'm excited about that one. I think is that, that, that's some innuendo in there, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, who eats it's, quiche? It's, oh my gosh, it's cold. I think it's Cold War era. And it's a bunch of these um, women who get together and do like, you know, these baking parties or whatever. And there's like an alarm that a nuclear bomb has dropped or something. I believe that's what it is. Okay. I, I, I okay. could be completely wrong. But that's kind of the premise of it is, it's, you know, how are they 
interact and then let's see there's one that's to be determined this one's kind of been yeah this one's a tbd but it'll be 2022 season um it's heavenly manor and it's one of the um playwright workshops because stage two always does one okay. where they get a bunch of people that are just wanting to wanting to learn more about playwriting that's kind of what it is so it's a it's a whole workshop they will have a, a scene where at a performance where they'll do like a scene of it for people and then everybody votes on which one they would like to see stage two produce and so do they have to come in with a fully formed concept and do an act from it or they can come they come in with just an idea of an act and then develop it from there i think that they can just come in with an idea granted i've never done it i've had friends that have done it we should make one (laughs) (laughs) this this podcast (laughs) obviously Oh my god! How great would that be? It'd be good. It would just be two people. Two, 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 okay, you have your 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 two leads. Mm-hmm. They they story tell how to come up with a podcast, and then that podcast <laughs> takes them all the way across the globe, and they end up in Papua New Guinea with uh, tribal spears to their throats, and you have to figure out how they got there. Obviously, wow. that sounds amazing. Yeah, Let's right. do it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, based then, on true events, and then. Let's see. What's next? Um, April is Avenue Q. Yeah. April's Avenue Q. And then May, well, that'll be that'll be the musical for the years, Avenue Q. May is going to be the play that goes wrong, which that'll be very exciting. I can't wait to do that. Um, oh, they have they had descriptions of all of them in this post, and I just didn't read them. <laughs> okay, Misery. Uh, misery examines toxic fandom as romance novelist Paul Sheldon's number one fan, Annie Wilkes, holds the injured author hostage to rewrite her favorite series to her liking. The right one in, um, an enchanting, brutal r- vampire myth and coming-of-age love story adapted from the best-selling novel and award-winning film. Fun. And then everybody knows Rocky. I don't have to explain that. And then Five Lesbians Eating a Quiche. Um, it's 1956, and the Susan B. Anthony Society for the Sisters of Gertrude Stein are having their annual quiche breakfast as the assembled widow widows in quotations right. await the announcement of the society's prize-winning quiche. The atomic bomb siren sound has the communist threat come to pass. And then Avenue Q, which is in April. Ooh, ooh, I'll read it. Um, recent college grad Princeton moves into a shabby New York apartment all the way down way out on avenue q where he finds his newfound neighbor friends struggle to find jobs dates and their ever elusive purpose in life filled with gut-busting humor a delightful catchy score and puppets and puppets and lucy the slut which is <laughs> i mean how i love I, that number so good i love that number so it's amazing i wish i could sing just so i could sing yeah. like but I, it's puppets it's voices i know i would no okay i wish i could sing so i could just start singing it out now but no one wants to hear that <laughs> copyright reasons i don't know if mm. we could sing oh no it wouldn't yeah, it, it wouldn't even hit copyright it's so bad <laughs> it's so off key well, there's reason for you to sing it it's fine yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll do that off game we'll, we'll do those for our patreon clients only <laughs> patreon only oh yeah we're probably gonna set up a patreon yeah. that's the thing we'll we'll let we'll, we'll go still, over that another yeah, episode we'll, we'll let you know how you can support us we'll because we're supporting you <laughs> okay may is venus and fur no may may is the play that goes wrong okay. i'm sorry um welcome to opening night of the uh Cornley university drama society's newest production the murder at 
Aversham Manor, where things are quickly going from bad to utterly disastrous. Watch the accident-prone thespians battle against all odds to make it through their final curtain call with hilarious consequences. I'm excited about that one. I think it could be fun. Venus and Fur is in June. You know, that's a big word. Um, I'm going to skip over that big word. As Thomas, playwright and director, works with the actress playing the female lead in his adaptation of the classic sadomasochist tale, Venus and Fur, they blur the line between play and reality, entering into an increasingly serious game of submission and domination that only one of them can win. Every time you say it, I think of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think Phineas that's where it's Ferb. going. Phineas and Ferb starring in Venus and Fur. Oh, that'd be... That would be, that would be the tits. That'd be... <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of Venus, though, did you know we are in a a special day tonight? No. Yeah. So at like 4 a.m., like when I'm going to go to bed, if you look at the horizon due east, you will see Venus, Moon, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter all on the line. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? That'd be so pretty if I ever went outside. I've got pictures I can show you. <laughs> I don't go outside often. Uh, no, um, yeah, it won't happen again until 2040. Wow! And the planets are in line, like the uh, chronolo or however you want to say it, the uh, the proper order from the sun. Yeah. Mercury, Venus, Moon, Mars, Saturn, Jupiter. I know. I'm so excited. You know your planets. I know my planets, <laughs> including Pluto, because Pluto is a planet. Yeah. Even though 21 year olds might disagree. I don't disagree. They tried to get out of school for a while. Did they put it back when you were in kid? When you were a kid? Um, I think in my in my high school career they did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pluto deserves better. Because I I did a whole project I remember in fourth grade on why Pluto should actually be a planet. And I was like, how dare you? Just because he's small. Just because he's small. That's the stage two season. Yeah. Right there. That's a lot more than I was expecting originally. Yeah. So it went from, you know, four to having all of those. And then at the end, I think there's going to be a play that's being from this year's playwriting workshop that's being produced. Okay. So in July, I think. So is when they're a, a second one. It's a long season. It's a long season, but that's, that's usually how it is. Typically, I might uh, correct me if I'm wrong, most of these are directed by one person, Tony. Some of these are. Um, she primarily does the musicals and Rocky. The other ones are probably going to be directed by other members of the board because i'm not sure exactly everybody that's directing all of them i know for sure that kim is directing misery and i don't really know who's directing the rest of them okay we'll find out we'll find out yeah but it'll be fun i'm excited about it yeah and how long have you been with stage two as part of their family two three years maybe yeah nice that's around it yeah because i i did started 2019 Okay, so then what is your favorite aspect of non-for-profit community theater? I think because there is no money involved. I think that changes the dynamic of everything. Literally, we, we do these shows to pay the rent for the space and also get more money to get do more shows. That's the big thing. Also, the big thing about Stage 2 is not they don't, they don't just do theater. They, they host events there and they allow other people from the community to use their space, which is, a, which is a very big thing. It's a lot of community outreach that they do. I'm not on the board, so I can't speak for them when I talk about it, but it's right. it's, it's a very nice thing. I, th- I think once we get Tony on the podcast eventually, she'll, she'll tell us more about it, yeah. more about the organization and what ex- exactly 
they do. I think with community theater, especially when, when you take that, we're not making money off of this aspect. Like we're not being paid to act for you. We're not being paid to stay manage to put together the set. It all, everything becomes a passion project. There's always going to be people that take it more seriously than others. Like I take it way too seriously a lot of the time and I stress myself out, but it's something I love doing. It's also about just having fun. And I think that's what a lot of people do. I, I genuinely do take it a lot more seriously than I should sometimes. How so? Because I fret like it's a, a very big production, like we're on a Broadway stage. That's how I feel okay. I, I, all the time. I think that's a good mindset to have, though. Yeah. I mean, true. I would rather go into something 100% as opposed to half-assing yeah. it. And, that's true. You know, being very blasé. Yeah. You know, but I think the best part is, too, is, like, you're getting all these people from different walks of life coming in and participating in one final project. And then, like you said earlier, they go about, after it's done, you just go and do whatever else you were doing at the time. It creates a really good sense of family and everything that you might not get. Granted, I've never done a professional production, so I can't speak on that. Well, let's be honest. It's really hard to make friends nowadays, especially in a post-COVID world. It really is. Uh just because you kind of stick to your own bubbles a lot yeah. and your own spheres. I met so many people at Rent that I would have never met anywhere else. Yeah. Like my co-host here today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's me. But yeah, like I always find that I meet the most interesting people when I do theater. And that's why it's become one of my main hobbies and one of the things that like I make sure that I fit into my life which you know some people might not get i mean other people have like you know their other hobbies or whatever that they like to do mine just happens to be extremely time consuming (laughs) right you wouldn't have any other way though no never no if i'm if i'm not doing something it's like a i get very depressed if i'm not working on a project at home in bed trying to struggle to figure out what to do yeah because there's so many things you can do I like the structure of theater because there is a start time and there is a stop time. Yes. And everything has to get done. Yeah. It's not waiting for anybody else. Do you think you'd ever move to paid acting if the opportunity arose? I think so. Just to have that experience. That has always been a dream of mine to like actually pursue theater in any way, whether I'm actually acting or if I'm, you know, behind the scenes getting paid to do it or, you know, any in any form Mm -hmm. that that's always the goal for an artist is to get paid to do what they love can we we just talk about that for a minute that's always the goal pay us (laughs) pay us money like that's that's always the goal you know i i didn't go to school for it you know which is probably smart (laughs) no (laughs) which is some um which is which May or may not have set me back. We don't know that yet. I'm finding it really rewarding just to have the experience of I'm putting on this show with my friends mm-hmm. and people are going to come pay to see it. You know, that's that, there's something nice about that. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Rent was sold out six times in a row. Yeah. How, how great did that feel? I was gagged. That was insane. I've been at performances where there's not many people in the audience. Like, you can count them on your hands mm-hmm. and... That's a vibe. That's also a vibe. That's a, that is, everybody is aware. Mm-hmm. You cannot hide the fact there are 10 people watching a production of 20. It's, Goosebumps. it's very fun. And like, even if you're performing for like a group of 10 people, those are still 10 people that are taking in your art. That is true. And like, you know, 
no matter no matter the size of the audience it doesn't take away from the amount of work and dedication that you put into the production but i think with this podcast and what our goal is we want to try and see if we can get every production to that full sold out well talking about a small audience and podcasting i was reading on reddit which i'm a very big fan of and one person was talking about their podcast and and he only had 30 frequent listeners Mm -hmm. and somebody said well 30 people in a room is a lot of people in one room listening to you talk so you're right even if it's 10 people watching a production those 10 people showed up for it yeah but i do know mentally it is it can throw you off expecting to see a full crowd and nobody shows i think that's something good to talk about in a future episode where managing expectations with an audience and when they blow you away it's like That's the fun thing about doing Rocky every year is there's that audience participation. That's not something you do every day right. when, when you act. Rocky is its own beast where it's just like you have to in- try to anticipate what the audience is going to do and say at you, which in our environment, we know what they're going to throw at us physically okay. because we give them the bags and they can't bring in anything else. Okay. But what they're going to say to you every night changes. Because it's different people in the audience. For someone who's ignorant of Rocky, what do you mean? So there's a lot of, with Rocky stemming from the original screenings of the movie with the musical, people will shout things at you. Just There's a lot of ones that are kind of cemented, like calling Janet Weiss a slut and calling Brad Majors an asshole. Like those are kind of cemented, but like, you know, people will come up with, <laughs> there's so many, like just stuff like that, like, uh... <laughs> asking um i can't remember his name right now but the the professor in the wheelchair i can't remember his name the dr everett scott and he'll be like explaining it and then somebody will go why can't you walk or yell learn how to walk and you're just like oh my god in any other sense that would be totally inappropriate and awful right. because it is totally inappropriate and awful but it's rocky so it's okay now does this happen throughout the entire performance or is it like throughout designated the, times where you can yell the entire performance okay so i can bring a bag of popcorn and just talk the entire time yes but if you got too rowdy tony might kick you out i would bring out um i'd go find where they put brandon's uh, old phone that he used for rent and just, <laughs> that and just have a conversation uh, the back phone yeah. Sorry, I'm walking into a theater now. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to speak up if I can hear you. Uh, so, what are the plans for next Tuesday? Is that meeting singing, still scheduled? They're singing "I'm Coming Home" at the end, and it just which is a very dramatic ballad at the end. It's just you on your phone. And you're like, oh, so when are we going out to dinner later? Are we going and getting drinks? Or? Can you all quiet down just a little bit? This is a very important phone call. Long distance. I have a very important phone call. I'm running out of minutes. Can you all shut the hell up? (laughs) Stop calling. Stop calling. I don't want to think anymore. Yes. Okay. So that 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 gives me a little hope for Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Rocky is so much fun, and I need to see it. I've always been anti-Rocky and anti-Hedwig and anti-Little Shop of Horrors. Anti-Don't say that to Tony. That's her favorite show. Don't say that to Tony. Cut this out of the podcast. Uh, Cut this out. Tony, I'm not a huge fan of Hedwig. Um, Neil Patrick Harris, I'm not a huge fan of She'll never come on the podcast now. Well, I just won't release this episode until after she does it. (laughs) 
<laughs> can't no, do Tony. that. We've talked about Tony a but... lot. Hi, welcome to the Tony fan club of <laughs> Tony fan club podcast where we talk yes. about how much we love Tony. Yes. If you'd like to contact us about it, um, go over to our website, fill out a form. <laughs> I mean, what are, what are our favorite yeah. theater moments in general? Like what are, okay. what are moments okay. in theater that you've Very good question. had a um, best experience in? Do you want to talk about theater moments that we were involved in that we saw or that we're just aware of in general? Maybe we were involved in. Okay. My favorite, I graduated high school in 2007. Right after that, I had no clue what I wanted to do. And I went to work for the local local theater venue. And they had brought in the touring production of Annie. I was doing all the tech work behind the scenes. They had, it was a a non-equity cast, which I'm very curious how to get an equity card. We we should ask, we should get somebody on and ask them about that. We should. We'll figure that out. So I did two weeks of, of Annie and I will never, ever, 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 ever willingly play the hard knock life ever again <laughs> in my entire life. It's a great song. It's, it is a great production, but I am so overhearing that. It's a hard knock life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cute, cute musical. Great design, great set design, great everything. I would say it's my favorite theater moment just mm-hmm. because it really was the first opportunity for me to see everything that goes on in the theater. Yeah from going way up into the rafters and hanging lights and learning how they were going to run into the grid for the programmers to trigger them to running up above the stage on the catwalk and hanging stuff and seeing how all the machinery run ran in a theater to the cast coming in mm-hmm. to there was probably 80 to 100 people on that crew for Tech Week. Wow. It was just a sense of family that you don't get in a lot of areas of, of work. Yeah. So that was probably my favorite theater experience that I was a part of. What about you? Okay, so like as you were saying that, I was also kind of like thinking through of like what my favorite moment would be. A lot of my moments are not safe for work, so I can't really Ooh. say them here. They're just too inappropriate for a podcast because of theater people. But I would say probably one of my favorite theater moments or maybe even my favorite show I ever did. Oh, gosh. That would probably be I did a production of Thoroughly Modern Millie with the EVSC Summer Musical. Complete blast. It's a fun show. Kind of offensive. <laughs> it's kind of offensive. I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun. It's really funny. But I looking back at it now, I'm like, we got away with that. We got away with that, you know. Um, but it's a really fun show. 1920s. So, you know, it's a good time. The costuming was great. The choreography was great. It was done by Taylor Farmer, who at the time was Taylor Kemper. And before she got married. Anyway, well, she's, she's a really great choreographer. And she's one of the people that I've always had the best time learning choreography fun from because she's just good at what she's done. She's really good at what she does. But it was it was fun choreography, fun costumes, fun songs, everything about it. I got to be at the front for dances sometimes, which I don't do. But we but we all had a bunch of fun. It was I don't know, it was it was a very fun and rewarding experience. It was one one of the most fun times I've had. I think another one would be when I did Sister Act. I got to be a nun, which is the funniest, most heartwarming musical I'd ever think. But you know, me imagine me in a nun costing gospel. It's so fun. I have yeah. pictures. Oh, I need pictures. I have a picture. Yeah. I have I have the picture. Anyone okay. who knows me personally, they they know the it's picture. It's that picture. It's that picture. Nice. I'll I'll show it to you when the okay. podcast is done. Nice. It's good. We can overlay it on, on the website. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll make sure it, 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 it's front and center. 
I would rather not. Okay, okay. It's not that flattering. It's okay. not that flattering. Okay. It, it was it was a fun experience. So did that solidify your love for theater, or was that kind of a jumping off point? I think doing those shows in high school kind of solidified my love for theater. Granted, when I did high school theater, I sometimes was not the nicest person. I just I just wasn't I just wasn't nice. I I was I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot nicer now as a person. Was what well kind of not nice? Like because I was. I, I was know. an elite asshole. A lot of people, asshole. a lot of people tell me that I was nice in high school, but me thinking in my head, how how I was, how I was mentally, I was not a nice person. I've become a nicer person now as I've matured, and I have more fun with theater because I'm not. Comp- when you're in high school, you compare yourself to others. When you do theater, automatically, that's just what it is. You're trying to figure out what's going on in the director's head, like who their favorites how are. How do you fit in? And that everything. kind of thing. Yeah. That, that, and that's just the high school dynamic and you know that gets to you when you're a kid that's just what it is yeah. and now i'm out of it and i'm ha- doing theater for fun instead of trying to figure out what i want to do for the rest of my life while i'm doing that you know it's that's a never-ending question okay now let me ask you this what's your favorite theater moment as a non-participant anything outside of being involved in a production I saw a production. It was a high school production of Hunchback of Notre Dame. One, it's one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Fun fact about me, written by uh, Tab Murphy. Love it. He wrote wrote the, the script for the animated film. Anyway, we, there's, um, a music part that's also in the animated film where it's like the choir singing and they just have these harmonies that are like, crazy and i get goosebumps every time i hear them and seeing that live i was like oh my god i lost it i lost my mind and then two oh i can probably go into more detail with this i saw a production of next to normal and i don't think i've told you about this story Mm But seeing Next to Normal was what made me realize that I have bipolar disorder because it's all based about a woman who has bipolar disorder and how it changes her family. And I I just sat there and after it was done, I was crying, tears flowing. And I was like, I have never seen a show that perfectly represents what I feel on a daily basis. It's crazy. It's crazy how theater does that for people and how it did it for me. And I was just like, you know. You were ignorant going beforehand and then a whole new world after. I knew maybe one song from Next to Normal before I went into it. I didn't really know the context of the entire show, if, if I'm completely honest. And so I went into it. Probably would have been wise to do a little bit more research. I, I do more research on shows before I go see them now to make sure they're not triggering to me in any way. That's a good topic too. Do you go into a show prepared or do you go in naive? The last show that I went into it naive was Next to Normal. Because I was, I was, but I was an emotional wreck for days after it. Oh, okay. It was Because rough. of that re- revelation? Yeah, it was rough. What age? I was 18 at the time, yeah. Post or during high school? It was post high school. I just graduated okay. high school. Because this was also at the time where my sister was like having a lot of medical problems too. There was a lot of marginally going on <laughs> with me. Okay, I have a lot, have a lot of emotional problems. It was like a nice problems. bow tying everything together. Do we do theater if we're not emotionally damaged? No. 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 <laughs> or does theater emotionally damage? Yeah, I was, listen, I was emotionally damaged before I started doing theater. But no, like it's, you know, it was, it was probably the most vulnerable I've ever been in a theater experience where I haven't been directly involved in it, you know, and I don't get to go and actually sit down and sh- see shows that often. So hopefully we're going to be able to do that where I would like to be more vulnerable in theater experiences. However, I do need to make sure that emotionally I can handle them before I go see them. That's very true. I took my then wife to to see Spring Awakening in Atlanta, and it was beautiful. Yeah. One of us didn't have the same opinion after the show. Oh, okay. Uh, because it, it hits some topics that if you're not ready to talk about, no. and if you are someone who 
relives emotions and relive stuff. It was very triggering for for her. Yeah. So I'm very nerdy and I like to see what I know. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of knowing what I'm getting into going beforehand. But some of my favorite productions I've ever seen, I went in ignorant. Uh, I saw 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Ooh, yeah. I had no clue what it was, what I was in for. I was gagged. Absolutely loved it. I saw a local production of Sweeney Todd, oh. and I didn't realize it was a musical before then. I love Sweeney Todd. Such a, so I want to do that so, so bad. Can we do a podcast where we just talk about shows we want to do? <laughs> yes. Um, I could talk about that for like two whole days. Shows, we wanna, shows you, you want to be involved in and the, and the role you want to play. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that on the Okay. Um, so I, I really like going, I, I like, I like both. I like going into something with no expectations, mm-hmm. but I also, I've seen Rent seven, eight times, Wicked seven, eight times. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Cause it just gets better and better. Exactly. I think my most memorable theater moment that I wasn't involved in was seeing the Book of Mormon live. I knew the soundtrack oh by heart. God. I knew everything, but I didn't see, I, I didn't know what the state, I never, I never watched a bootleg. Yeah. And there's a point where the, the, the tribe comes out with pool noodles. Girl, it was a gag. <laughs> it was a gag. Have you seen it before? No. Okay. I'll I've t- listened to the soundtrack. I'll tell you afterwards, because it's not appropriate for our <laughs> podcast, but it's great. It was it was the moment I was like, okay, I, 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 I I'm I was all in. I would I would love to I would love to go see that. So yeah, um, I think we've covered a lot today. Yeah, we've covered a lot. We've yeah. kind of gone off the rails yeah. about what is. Um, so I guess let's to recap and kind of tidy everything up. Uh, I'm Tyler and I'm Sydney, and we know what to do right there. Uh, we are way <laughs> way off off Broadway, and we're here to tell stories from everyone. We, yeah. want it, we want to see it all, do it all, hear it all, experience it all, and share it all with you. And we will get better. We will grow. We mm-hmm. will have fun. And where can people find us in the moment? Well, we're going to have an entire website set up where you can find everything. If you wanted to let us know about productions that you're doing that you'd like us to go to, different kind of things. We have a forum set up where you can send that for us if you'd like to be on the podcast if you're a theater person. Yeah, I think we're going to try to do a handful of these every month, yeah. Long yeah. podcast, short podcast, deep dives. Yeah. Um, barely scratching the surface. There's oh. so many stories to tell. Yeah. And nobody's telling them exactly so why not us yeah why not us yeah we're who can qualified tell us, who can tell we us have no. microphones and a recorder <laughs> who can tell us you no. tell me i can't do it um and, and then we're gonna have we have an instagram we have a twitter we have a facebook page and because it's the age of tiktok we're gonna eventually have a tiktok video is the future i know i know we're at the point where it is acceptable to record video in portrait mode and i never thought we would get there <laughs> i don't know if i like it <laughs> But I don't know. I live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to record a video, it needs to be in landscape. I like, if I'm doing a video where it's me talking, you know, if if it's TikTok format. Yeah, I know. Then I'll do that. I'll do it. I'll do what is that? Portrait. Portrait. Portrait landscape. Hot dog hamburger. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I'll do it that. But if I'm doing like a, where I'm recording something, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if I had to record snippets of a dance number for something, I will do that in landscape. Yeah. Because that's the proper way to do it. Because that's how you do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd prefer landscape over anything. We might be having a special podcast where we um, just shit talk Glee. 
from, we, from fans of Glee. From fans of Glee. I think what we need to do is we do special episodes where it's we cover one season. Okay. So we can really deep dive into it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. Because we've both watched every episode of Glee. Every episode. So Once. We might have a Gleek episode every yeah. now and then. The problem we have found out is it doesn't really hold up. It doesn't hold up in today's time. Yeah. It's, it's no, it does rough. not. We I hope guess. you enjoyed this. Yeah. And we hope you join us again. And we maybe even join us at the table. Maybe join us at the table. Yeah. And bring some wine. Yes, please. So thank you for listening. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.